This is the Comp Effect Podcast. When you focus on workers' compensation, you'll have a safer work environment, more productive staff, lower expenses, and you'll crush your competition. We're sharing real-world stories, actionable tips, business-friendly advice, and information to help your business. I'm your host, Todd Tams. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Comp Effect Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, fellow insurance agent. He's also an agency owner, a published author. He is married to the beautiful Andrea, likes to boat, has a dog, is a champion for the insurance industry, and guess what? He also likes workers' compensation. What is up, Jason Cass? What's up, Todd? Todd, I'm glad to be on here, dude. Everything that you said is the truth. Obviously, your audience knows you don't lie, but everything is the truth, including my beautiful wife. I love my dog more than anything, and I've never liked dogs. Until this day, my wife always had dogs. I didn't like them. This dog got my heart. I think it's because my boys have moved out, Todd. And so, so it's like my new kid, you know, um, but the, uh, uh, work comp is something I'm very passionate about. And I feel as if I'm pretty good at it, to be honest with you. I do. I'm very confident in it. I would say you're pretty good at it from what, uh, from what I know on the outside, mm -hmm. I would second your emotions with the dog. We've had two dogs in my marriage. The first dog, uh, was owned by my wife. I mean, he didn't want anything to do with me, uh, whatsoever, but the new dog, we get along really well. Um, he's got a great personality and if you followed me on social media at all in the past year, it was a difficult breaking in period with the chewing of the, the chewing of the chairs, the pooping, the peeing, the letting him outside. And then he'd come back inside and poop. And in all disclosure, he pooped in my house again last night. I walked in the, I walked inside and it's funny cause I can walk in after my children and they don't see it or smell it intentionally. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But it's right there. Like, did not my wife and I follow that poop she, that you just walked over. She doesn't even know you, Andrea. Does it? And I told her I'm going to go do this podcast with Todd, and she knew exactly what I was talking about because we follow that that dog. Uh, God love him. You're so patient, though. Uh, at least what we see <laughs> on this side, you know. Well, you may not see my voice get raised. I know. I get it. We all know it's cool. We've had him. that explic <laughs> explicative dog or whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, oh. I really do cry a little bit with that because I, I watch your, I follow it. It's like, I'm there all the time. I wake up in the morning and you're like, Oh, look, what I'm like, damn dog, come on. You know, I'm rooting for it. Uh. <laughs> He's been following me around now. I mean, cause I like to cook and uh, there's a meat market that I follow and we have their half inch thick bacon and I make it every morning. Uh. And uh, he just sits there and just stares at me with these puppy eyes. I just stares doesn't say a word, doesn't bark. He's two feet from yeah. me the entire time. And now we're feeding him bacon. I'm the same way. Bro. I don't know. He's a good dog. He is. He deserves it. I guarantee you. All right. So I guess when we talked about doing this podcast, we were just going to wrap about all things workers' compensation, right. um, kind of whatever, you know, agent to agent, what's going on? What are you doing for your clients? Some high mods. How are you fixing those? I've really got no agenda today other than let's just share some information and drop some knowledge and help make the world a better place. This is great. This is great. Um, in, in, in Illinois, don't know where your listeners are in Illinois work comp is a nightmare. It's literally one of the top five, like worst States ever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I could say a lot of controversial things and I won't do it ironically with blue States and red States, but we won't go there. Um, but what, uh, no. but I look at this, here's one thing that I have learned over the last two years. Most important thing when we're speaking to agents on here and stuff like that, I think it's important, and this is something that even consumers who are buyers can listen to, and they can understand where we're coming from. That buyer can't, can't, can't differentiate between the person walking in and saying, hey, can I help you with your insurance? I did that for a long time. One thing we do now is we position ourselves to be able to say to the buyer, when I'm first meeting them, walking in their business, having a Zoom call with them, whatever that could be, that first encounter, is helping them understand positioning. Positioning in the fact that I am here, not because if you say no, I'm going to the next person or I've already been to the person across the street. I'm here specifically to see you because I do your industry. I know your business and I did my homework and I know you have a specific work comp problem. That, that, that's as easy as it is. And for a buyer to hear that, they should understand that you're not going to go out on a, an agent may say, Hey, I can save, save you some money and may not know. 
But if I'm going to come in and tell you I'm going to give you actual steps and you give me 15 minutes to explain how to do that and then go forward, um, I think that's the most biggest thing that has been important for me and has been most important for my buyers or my prospects who end up being my clients to be more receptive to that message that I'm there for a reason. Does that make sense? What do you think about that, Todd? Well, it makes sense to me. And I've, uh, I've been saying it loud and clear. Not all agents are the same. Not all agents are the same when it comes to insurance and when it comes to workers' compensation. That's probably one of the biggest perceptions that I want to change because I think a lot of businesses from the outside looking in maybe think we're all used car salesmen mm-hmm. or we're all the same insurance mm-hmm. agents. And I guarantee you there is there is a special subset of people who are doing some pretty amazing things in this industry and are very focused on workers' compensation. And there's those that, that don't care. That's right. What's interesting is I had, a, I had a fellow friend reach out about their workers' compensation insurance program. They get an audit. Their payroll was underestimated. So they're looking at a huge audit in, you know, a huge audit increase from last year. And then the carrier wants to roll that on this year. Budgets are tight. Income's down. And they said, can you just walk us through the audit process and what's going on? And that naturally leads into a conversation about, hey, let's talk about your experience, Mod. I just ran some calculations here. Looks like you're 25 points higher than the floor, which then goes into a conversation about loss history. Mm-hmm. And you've got a carrier over-reporting claims. It's jacking up the mod. That's what helps a lot. The, the agent's not looking at, at what's going on here. And... The, the client is paying more money than they should. And it blows my mind because I, I don't know if this practice drives me nuts. You can't tell me that you got a claim that you reserve X and then you report that high number to NCCI and 30 days later, you close that claim for 50 cents on the dollar. The only thing that does is help the insurance company and it hurts the business. Sure does. And it hurts that business for an entire Very year well said. because they now they're overpaying. They're stuck with that mod. And the fact that we can't produce mods in real time just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is it only once a year we can report the numbers? Why not every month? Why not every quarter? Correct. Why can't we do what's in the best interest for the business and help them pay the least amount for workers' compensation, then help collect the most premium and send that to the insurance company? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we talk about when we go in and help clients because we truly want to help them. I want to help people pay less. I want to get the account and I want to keep it forever by helping them drive down costs. You know what? You just gave me an added benefit. So like if I have Zywave and NCCI doesn't pop that, um, but once a year, we do that for our clients, right? So we got a contractor, he's got a 1.01 mod and he's got to have below a one to get the contract, right? One thing that we they are allowing to do is, is that you're actually, let's refigure it per right now. Like the mod comes out in five months, but what is that mod going to look like? And then, oh, it's a 0.97. We've done that before by, by running that halfway through. Also, another very interesting thing that Travis pointed out to me last time, because Travis, my business partner, is if you look at the bottom of the mod sheet, and you read what it says down there, it actually, I've never read it until Tra- Travis brought it up to me in 20 years. And at the bottom, it says real small lettering. This, this mod sheet is not supposed to be used for underwriting criteria that could benefit in a job or not getting a job bid. It's a really amazing wording because like actually using that modification factor in the bid process is not actually supposed to be allowed per NCCI. Now, let me go back to what you were saying. We say 50 to 60% of the time, because we don't know, 50 to 60% of the time, the mod sheet's wrong. The mod sheet's wrong. I mean, the mod sheet is wrong. If you are a consumer and you're listening to this, the mod sheet is wrong. And and that's what you said. Now, here's- If you're a business listening to it, your mod sheet's wrong. Yes, yes. Your mod is wrong. I mean, in 50, 60%. And and it's, it's so important because- there's two different types and and, 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 and and Todd, once again, I'm not talking to you or down to you. We're just having a conversation and, and letting let them listen. But we have an, an aggregate, um, aggravated inequity that some states allow, not a lot, which basically says if we find out that that, that mod is wrong, we can go back three years on that modification sheet and get those numbers fixed. Florida happens to be one of those. 
So the agents down there, when they find that 50 to 60% of the time, they're saying, hey, I can get you back $500,000. I can get you back $43,000, right? That's a major factor. Now think of all the other states if you're not one of those five, and I really don't know exactly what those five are, but, and it might be eight, but it's very, very small. I think if you're not one of those and they don't allow that, well, then it's even more important to have a good agent because you can't go back. So you need Todd to make sure that he's checking that with what's being reported, because once it's done, it's done. And that's and that's a very, very big factor that we look at and we use that against a person. If they got a 1.75 mod or a 1.43, there's a high likelihood that there's something wrong somewhere that 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 uh, that payroll has been misreported. It's I mean, we just know we just go into it. How do we get that information, though? Um, to be able to compare against. I think that's important for every business to know. Um, well, that's that's going to be a conversation because I've got, uh, we're going to have a future podcast with a guy that he supports brokers and businesses nationwide mm-hmm. going back, helping them fix mods. He works, um, I believe it's free of charge. So free of charge to help you fix mods. And by the way, he'll also do an audit recovery. And I want to say his statistics that he told me the other day, of every single one that he does, like three out of 10 is his number. Three out of 10, he's going to recover money. Three out of 10 times. Yeah. Wow. And and, and that's how he gets paid. Is that what you were saying? I'm sorry, sorry, listeners, as well. My phone rang. I should have that on on silent. No, that's, yeah, that's how he gets paid. So he's like, he supports brokers who bring him their clients and he does the work for free. And if he's able to save him money, he collects the thing. And that's going to be a gold episode because I think we're going to probably Genius. drive some business to him. Genius. Because even though agents are listening to this and they're learning from you, they still don't have the confidence to execute it. They will get the confidence when they get a call from their client who says, wow, that was amazing that we were able to figure this out. Now, here's what I want to go back to because positioning is the most important. Okay. So both sides of the coin on that one, if you're an agent or you're that buyer, that's really important to understand that that person is there for a reason. And when I tell you that I have my homework done, I do have my homework done mm-hmm. and I can prove what I know. I can start spitting off modification factors. And usually when do I call? When I get the email from NCCI saying, Hey, the numbers have been reported. They haven't even opened up their email yet. And I'm already calling them, letting them know. And you know what my question okay, is? Okay, so let's you know, let's elaborate on that because most people may not even know what you're talking okay, about. Right. But um, I don't even think some, I talked to a business the other day that has never seen their experience mod worksheet. So businesses, agents, uh, NCCI is a third-party company and I believe 39, 41 states, whatever yeah. the number mm-hmm. is, that produces your experience mod factor that adjusts your premium. As a business, you have direct access to that. All you have to do is call NCCI, answer two or three questions about your business. They will create an account and send it to you on an annual basis. For free. Alternatively, agents like myself or Jason Cassier, when they want to know what's going on with your account, we can subscribe to get updates on when that uh, updated experience mod is out. So for example, I've got a client that renews 7-1. We subscribe to that update. The other day I get an email, hey, the new mod's produced. I email the company underwriter. She sends it to me that day. I dump it in our mod software to verify the mod, take a look at it. And by the way, I also run their current loss history, see that we've got a quarter million dollar claim out there. And so I'm going to also project what the 2022 mod's going to be for them to give them an idea of what's coming in the future because their mod's going to go up in a year. And I'm doing that off renewal six months out from the renewal date. Now, when somebody comes into your business and you're listening to this and they talk to you about their work comp, did they say that? That's what I'm talking about, about doing your homework, because as we know, homework happens at home. It happens after you were taught, right? It's after the sale. Doing your homework, just like you said, Todd, there's so much good in what you just said that there's agents who don't understand what you said. And they're looking forward to that other guy that you're going to bring on because they're thinking, shit, maybe I should, maybe I should do something about this. Um, what's important is, is here's a couple things that I like to do. We shatter what agents have done. First of all, here I am positioning. I'm here for a reason. Very important. I'm here for a reason. Now, all I need is 15 minutes of your time. Because And really, that's not like a joke, like 15, maybe 20 minutes is all I need. And the reason is, is because when I come in 
I'm going to ask them a couple few questions and kind of explain the scenario to them of what's going on. We literally pull the curtain back. We do. We pull the curtain back and say, okay, let's talk about this. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you like getting multiple quotes from multiple care companies? No, I don't. They always say that. No, it's a hassle. Blah, blah, blah. They never say yes. That's awesome. Okay. They don't. And they're being truthful about that. Have you ever wondered why you do that? Did somebody tell you this? Because here's what I found out in 20 years of doing this. I did it the other way for 15, 16 years. And in the last three to four years, I've changed it up. And my and here's one thing I like to say to you. Actually, it's written right here um, on the inside of our envelope here or inside of our folder. It says, why has my agent never told me this? Because in the next 10 to 15 minutes, I promise you, you're going to think that to yourself, but I'm going to give you justification. Uh, here's the first one. Did you know that agents, insurance agents, keep 92%, 90 to 92% of their business. So that means the incumbent agent you have right now has a 90 to 92% chance of keeping you at renewal. It's just a statistical average. It's the way that it is. So when I call and I get your quotes or I get your information and I call the carrier and I say, hey, I'd like to get this quote on ABC company. The first question they ask me, are you the incumbent agent, Jason? Because this is a two, three hundred, fifty thousand dollar, whatever account that they're going to put a lot of work into. They want to make sure they're going to get it because guess what they know? They know that if I'm not the incumbent, I have an eight percent chance of getting the business. So what happens is, is there's 10 companies that write you. You go get five agents and each one of them go there and they'll you're incumbent. The two he goes to, he's getting the best price. He or she, excuse me, is getting the best price. These other three or four may be better, but because you sent the wrong person to them, that's the problem. So what you need to do here is you need to deal, you're dealing with an independent insurance agency now. You need to deal with one agent, which is the incumbent, and you need to get multiple quotes from them. That is where this whole thing, so you don't have to do the pain and you're getting quotes from multiple carriers. Because I guarantee you most of those guys, three or four of them, they're going to come back and they're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, we got denied. Or, hey, couldn't get anything. Well, yeah, they couldn't get anything because they were dealing with the incumbent and they had other accounts to deal with, not the agent, the carrier did. But if they don't get that, you always get quotes coming back from the incumbent because they know they have that chance. So if you want to do this quote, I'm going to back out. Because that, that's not exactly how we're going to do business because I'm, as I just said, I'm hurting you. Okay. So that's a first conversation we have right there. And, and we have three of those. That's the first one we always have, because what I want to do okay. is I want to blow their mind and guess mm -hmm. what they've said in that first three minutes to themselves. Why has no one ever told me this before? They've said that. And that's what I want them to think, because now they're going to start questioning me. They're not going to question the other four or five people that have done this every year. And the fact that they were taught by their HR person that this is how you do it. They're questioning me. So now they're going to start grilling me. Guess what? Now they want to talk, right? I got all the ammunition. So if you want to start firing, I, let's do it, right? That's the whole okay, point. So I got to go ahead. I got to interrupt yeah, you sorry. here for a second because what you're talking about, you're preaching to the choir on a resource we just put on the Comp Effect website you on how to bid your insurance. How to bid your insurance. Oh, that resource. So what'd you guys do? Did you guys write out a blog, give some steps or what? We've got a, a four page, uh, no, it's an eight page handout that taught, why are you bidding your insurance? What is it that you want to accomplish? Are you, are you bidding your insurance because you're price checking? Are you looking for better coverage? Do you not like your agent? What is going right. on? And before you bid your quarter million dollar account, you should be thinking about what your outcome what outcome that you want is. And to your point, here's a conversation that I had the other day with an underwriter. Uh, we control the account and I sent it to one carrier that I thought might do a good job. And the under, uh, in this case, the underwriter is getting ready to go on vacation. The submission has been sitting on his desk for 40 days. He's looking at it and he goes, by the way, I also have seen this account the last three years. And there are four submissions sitting on my desk right now. I don't think we've got a good chance of getting it. I don't even really want to work on it, especially if they're going to shop every year. I'm just going to send you a pass. Thanks so much. It's the absolute truth. It's 100%. And, and I'm so frustrated because this is the wrong way to do it. And we can communicate and we can talk about it. But in this case, 
this business isn't actually getting a good competitive quote because of their past prior practices. And nobody has told them, nobody sat down and said, Hey, let's, let's change the dynamic here. Let's change the conversation. What is it that you hope to accomplish? Because I don't need to send this to 30 carriers. I need to send it to three and the three that I know that are going to be aggressively pricing and aggressively putting coverage on that to help you. And we're going to deal with one agent rather than five agents out there fighting over agent or record letters and who gets quotes and who gets the first submission and what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. It is a mess. It is a very big mess. And if you think it's you and I are a mess and we know the behind the scenes, think of this person who, think of how goofy it is that we walk into a client three, four months out and say, well, we need to start on your insurance. You could put on two roofs. If you had two houses that you needed a roof, you could put on like two or three roofs and the time it takes us to get a submission that's automatically generated. So anyways, okay. So here's the thing. Oh. When they come back to me, Todd, and they say, so how do you do it different? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so we're going to have this conversation right now. This is awesome, Jim. Real simple. About three to four weeks ago, when's your, modif- when's your uh, renewal come up? Oh, April 1st. Okay, about back and back, probably around December, around Christmas, we would have had what's called a marketing strategy meeting. We would have met, we would have discussed the markets, we would have said, here's the four or five companies that are good, these two have kind of went up a little bit, here's what I'm thinking, and this isn't just my information, this is benchmarking averages across America, and what people of your type of business are paying. We're going to have that, and I'm going to tell you what, Jim, 50% of the time, we decide not to go out to quote. That's not really going to make a difference. The other 50% of the time we go to, we go to quote, but here's the difference. I tell you, we're going to quote these five carriers. And if a company comes back and says, Hey, I'm sorry, we've denied this. I'm sending you that email. And when they come back with three or four quotes, I'm going to show you three or four quotes. Now I'm going to give you my advice on which one's probably best. And if they're pretty close, we probably need to remain loyal. We'll talk about that later. But that's how we do this. So you don't have to go through all that, but you're still going to get two or three quotes to show the board or whoever. And you showing that you're doing your job because you are. And they're sitting there going, what in the hell? I hear him from my agent like 30 days before and he's rushing me to the last minute, you know? So that's a first conversation we have. Can you see how I've positioned myself? I've done my homework. I got in the door and I totally convinced them that they don't need to do something that they hate doing. And and, and Todd, we do this in like seven to 10 minutes, you know, so it's just kind of like, wow, this is unbelievable. We go through a couple other things and we can do that, but we end it with this. Um, I need five years worth of lost runs and five years worth of payroll because that's, we're going to go check that mod member audience, loyal, or I say loyal listeners, 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 uh, when you do about, because we want to check that mod, like, like Todd was saying, because that's a major factor. Um, and then we come back and we tell him we're going to come back in two weeks. I stole this from David Carruthers 101. He said, when I come back, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to expect, and I'm going to tell you one of two things and I'm going to expect something. Number one, I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you, you're either going to call your agent and you're going to give him a high five and you're going to say, Hey, you've been doing a great job. Cause I'm going to do this mod audit. I'm going to check. Everything looks good. The second option is going to be, is that I'm going to come in here and I'm going to expect you to have the uh, decision makers here. And I am going to tell you that you need to fire your agent and hire me. Those are going to be the two options that are going to come out of that. And no matter what happens, I will not be upset, but I promise you, I'm going to tell you things as I already have, and I'm going to show you things as I already have that are going to show you, or put you in a better situation. You have the lost runs in the five years lost runs, just send them to me. And this is one of the tactics for you agents out there and, and business owners. Remember this. Call them five or 10 days after the renewal and start talking to them because guess what they have? Fresh loss runs. So if you back out three or four months before and you're like, I'm not going to be in the quoting process because I don't want to mess that up, real huge respect you get from the business owner. And now you call back, not six, eight, nine months later and getting that same thing, call them right after the renewal. These are David Carruthers tricks. Those two are there. That's really kind of helped me. And I get the good loss run. So now when I put it in my Zywave, I got, I got real numbers here. I got real true numbers per that day or per five weeks ago or five yep, days ago, I'm with yeah, you. whatever. So anyways, yeah. So those are, that's how we close it up and we come back and then we ask for the BOR. Because nine times out of 10, I mean, something's wrong. There's a whole reason why I'm here and it's 1.47, whatever it could possibly be. We talk about return to work programs. We have other things that we talk about besides those, that, that thing that I talked about in the first 15 minutes. But we ask for that BOR 
And we usually get one of two things. We get yes, um, and we do get yeses. Um, and then the other thing that we're going to get is Jason. We're not going to go to five. We got to let the incumbent quote. But we want you to quote. How do we do that? Charles Speck taught me this. What you do is you alienate that one. And this helps the business owner. This helps the business owner. So you tell them the incumbent gets to b- deliver you the renewal for that company because that, that, that's usually the incumbent. Okay. And then these other that I'm going to go to, you're going to, I'm going to tell the company I'm the incumbent. I'm going to tell them I'm the incumbent. So when, if you decide to go with one of those quotes, you have to go with me because I'm putting my neck on the line. Nine times out of 10, it works. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Okay, so you're going to, okay, that's great. So the board will get that and then we'll get two or three from you. Yeah, sure will. And that's the way we do it. I alienate them. If I can't get the full BOR, I just get the BOR on the markets I want. That's my backup plan. So let's 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 explore that a little okay. bit for maybe the businesses that don't understand how a BR works. I mean, behind the scenes, there are, in our industry, a carrier, 90% of all the carriers will only give one agent a quote. True. So it's first in gets a submission. That's right. So if your business is saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to take bids this year, and we want to see four agents bring in four bids. It is a rush to get information from you, which puts a strain on the resources at your company. Yes. Then we agents will dump that into their agency management system, crank that and send that out to every single carrier that they possibly have. And you may have somebody that knows nothing about workers' compensation that just blocked off half. And here's the thing real quick. Hold your thought. Hold your thought, Todd, because you're in the middle of something. But anybody listening, the agent didn't send it to all of the carriers because he wants or she, I need to quit saying that he or she wants to get the best quote. They do, but they already know the one or two places they probably want to go. They're doing it so Todd can't get access to any of those companies Mm -hmm. So you're actually using, you're using, you're actually, as we try to explain to them, you're, you're, you're prevent, you're, you're preventing the very thing that's going to help you. I mean, and you're, you're not allowing that process to happen. And here's the thing I want everybody to know out there, Todd, and we want our clients to know this as well. This is not your fault. You remember when I asked you at the very beginning of the conversation, like someone taught you how to do this. You're just doing what you were taught to do, which is great. Cause yeah. guess what? Every one of my clients or my prospects, now they're my clients, they don't do the same thing. And so you have to put that. Now, the next thing that comes into an HR person's mind is, oh crap, there's a lot that has to be done to do all this. And <sighs> I'm already swamped. So that's where you have to come in as to, hey, no, no, no. We already have these things. I do non-for-profits. There's no kind of non-for-profit issue that you have that I don't already have something for where it's a return to work program, whether any safety programs, I, I got them all. So all we have to do is adopt them and we're going to work together to put that together. Um, we can do work that should we should be charging $20,000, $40,000 for. And guess what? One of those things is usually after I say my second thing is, is, okay, so I'm jumping back, right? Because this is good. This is good. This is good. This is one of my favorites. So after I talk about the 98% or the 92% and I'm the incumbent or I'm not the incumbent, blah, 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 blah. That gets them thinking. Then what do you do, Jason? Okay. We do the marketing strategy, as I told you. And then here's the other thing. Let's talk about really why I'm here, Jim. I'm here talking because you have a 1.47 mod. And that's really the reason why. Remember, that's the reason why I came here. Let's talk about that. See, what I found is that companies measure productivity. Um, they know exactly how many parts or how effective they are in their market or services for the product. Uh, they measure safety. Usually they have their own like department for safety, like their own thing, right? Quality control. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed it up. They have one for productive for production. They have one for quality control. They know exactly how many parts and how efficient they are at their parts. No one ever measures safety. They always marry productivity. They measure quality and they never measure safety. Did you know, Jim, that you guys have a, a safety department? According to my quick math and knowing what you pay, you're paying someone about $47,000 to manage your, your safety for you. I don't know his or her name, but whatever your agent's name is, is who it is. Now you're really worried about having to do all this work and I'm telling you I'm going to do it for you because I'm going to get paid $47,000.
That's how I support my 14 staff. That's how I support my family. But I only do it if I can help you first. That is my second thing I roll into because that's very, very important. I want them to understand how much money they are paying for not getting the services. And keep in mind, as, 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 as David Carruthers teaches, it's the total cost of risk. Because not only are you paying that $47,000 for someone to do something, you have a 0.45 mod, which as Todd's words are, you're 45% above the floor. So this is, this is a huge cost we are, we are having here. Because if we have to go hire somebody to do this, we're paying 47 plus the mod plus hiring them. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. That's silly. So, well, I think we need to separate here too. In, in the scenario that you're talking about, you're talking about a business spending, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year on insurance. Correct. If you're a smaller company that's spending 40 grand of which maybe 20 of that's work comp, uh, and you've gone from a, you know, a 0.8 mod to a 1.47 mod, that $20,000 work comp policy is probably now 40,000. Correct. The agent, the agent on that, uh, you know, what is it? Six, eight, 10%. They don't have the resources mm -hmm. to really give you to do your full-time safety program. You need to use a third-party vendor. You need to communicate. Your business needs to be focused on that or pay the additional premium mm -hmm. as a reality. But if you're a large company with lots of employees and you're spending or your broker's making $50,000 a year, there should be a certain level of expectation that you want from that firm to help your business drive lower costs in the insurance program. And if you're treating your agent as a staff member, it's a simple expectation. We've hired you. You're part of our team. You're part of our insurance program. What are you going to do to help Not us Not only out? that, and the, that's to your the point. agent doesn't even know or doesn't even listen to, Todd. But like, if you're a business owner, listen to this. Your agent, your company has awesome resources that they're sending to your agent once a month saying, hey, send us to your clients. Did you know we have these programs? Do you know we have these videos? Do you know we can help track these videos? Do you know there's a 1-800 number that we offer that your employees... And, and they're agents who are like, they're the, they're the typical, I'm sorry, they just are. They're, they're the people that I love, but 80% of them are like, I already got paid. I'm not going to go see that person for about six or seven months when the renewal comes. Like, I don't want to do that. Why? Because that's more work. And, and I may mess up and that could lose my client. All at the end of the day, the business is losing here. And so I think that that's important. To be honest with you, business owner, this is easy to me because the business agents have done it wrong for so long. Now let, let's, let's also back up for a minute. Agents have not done it for wrong for so long. Data and the programs that me and Todd and other people use, which cost a lot of money, they have enabled this to shift. Back in the day, it was, hey, call a bunch of agents, get some quotes. They didn't block markets 20 and 30 years ago. They didn't have data to be able to shuffle this stuff around and know what's going on. Now they do. So the, 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 the whole economy and the whole market has changed, but the people who are in the market have not changed. If you're 45 years or younger, and yes, I'm going to pull out an age just because I do, 45 years or younger, you're probably knowing about this and hearing about this. When I was 25 and 30, no one had a podcast. No one had no. any of this explaining to me what a modification factor was. I just happened to want to learn. So I learned and found out this thing by accident, you know? So, so that's good news for the business owner. Good news is, is that we're getting more experienced agents who understand the new system. That's really, really cool. Well, so what you're, what you're talking about, and I don't want to say our industry, well, our industry is a little flawed. Absolutely. Because the way that we've done business, the, the average age of an insurance company or insurance exec is well over 55. Oh, well, well. And the way, that, the way that things have been done for two and three decades really hasn't changed other than the fact that maybe insurance companies have shifted the burden of quoting to agents. They still have the same underwriters. They still have the same guidelines. None of that is changing and none of that is helping businesses today. So what you're talking about is agents like you, agents like me, we go out and we buy third party software to help support us and to help support our businesses in their safety program efforts. You mentioned Zywave, Think HR. Uh, Magic, there's a I whole, think there's another one, Magic out there. Magic, Mod Advisor. There's a bunch What's of them yours? out there. What's yours? Ours will be mod advisor. Mod advisor. Okay. That's what I thought. And I'm excited yeah. for that, dude. I, there's a, Hey dude, there's a lot of room in that market spot space, especially as much as they cost. Come on, Todd, tell the business owner we spend. It, <laughs> My technology the, the, budget he, is way up over the last four years, dude. <laughs> yeah. And so it is to, to your point, it is frustrating to me when, 
when I walk into a business and the business is saying, we're going to take multiple quotes and I know some of the other players and I think, wow, they don't have, they don't have an agency management system that supports you 24 seven. You don't have access to your policies. You can't issue certificates. You can't do that. I know that that other broker doesn't have the experience. And I know that they don't buy these pieces of software. So if, if you're looking at multiple brokers, the only thing, the only separator becomes price. And I can say, I have all these things, but to most business owners, if they don't have a problem, they don't see the value. Mm -hmm. And the runway is when they start having problems, then they want those services. Want the, well, then it's a little too late right now. Cause now you're paying more money in insurance, your adverse risk costs have gone up. And now we're doing damage control because of what has happened because the other safety department that you just hired didn't do their job. Yep. So I want to make sure that we talk about credits and the economy. Don't forget that because that's something that can help businesses so much what they need to hear. Okay. Uh, credits in the economy. Um, what do you mean credits in the economy? Huh? What do you mean credits? Uh, and the uh, work comp credits and the economy and how that's going to factor in over the next three years. But I wanted to say something first, Alex, because you, you, you had a lot of nuggets there, dude. You had a lot of nuggets. I believe in cause and effect. And the reason why we try to go out, anybody listening to this, do you understand cause and effect? The law of cause and effect. You have to change the cause in order to change the effect. Now, I always say with golfing, if you know golfing, if you don't, I'm sorry, but if you leave your club face open, you're going to slice it every time. You can never, ever, ever duck hook it like that. You know, it's just the way that it is. So I got to change the way I have my club or I got to change my form to get mm -hmm. that. Okay. It's, you wouldn't believe how many times when I'm speaking, I talk about law, cause and effect. People have no clue. It's really, it's really amazing today. So, so. Well, and for the insurance industry, it's if, if you have a cause that tail or that effect can last Three, three, three years, years of an unexperienced model. And all you're worried about is getting another agent in there so you can cut the cost. So you're trying to run from a problem that you have not fixed the cause whatsoever. And the opposite is a fact of, let's say you have a 0 0.80 mod. You're bragging because you don't have any claims and you're just sitting there like a ticking time bomb waiting because the cause has not been changed. You're getting this great effect and maybe you do have good, good things, but I'll get in there and I'll find out that you don't have the processes, the workflows, you're not making communications, holding the safety meetings, not building the safety culture. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, this is just a matter of time. This is a matter of time because the cause is showing that. So I think it's important that we look at that. And that kind of goes from what we're talking about with the credits and stuff into this. Business owners, your insurance right now is cheap. This economy starts to take a turn. You're going to start to see things that are not going to be good. And what do I mean by that? I mean by the fact that you're getting credits on your work comp based on also your mod. So let's say your mod is high, probably don't have many credits, but right now you probably do. I'm running into 1.45 mods that got 40% credit on it. So essentially, Mr. Business Owner and Mrs. Business Owner, that's how you're getting it back down essentially to a 1.05. Companies give credits when they're making money. They're making money. When they're not making money, they start removing credits, but they don't change the mod. The mod stays as what it is per that year and payroll and losses falling off and stuff. Yep. So right now, I run into places and I see that they're paying, you know, $380,000 and they should probably, I don't know if that's what they should be paying. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that could actually, I'm sorry. I see, I use two big ones. That, that's my fault. I see that they're paying $50,000 because those are clients of ours too. And I see when they're paying $50,000, like I'm thinking like, wow, um, you have a 1.45 mod, but you have a 0.5, a half a percent credit on this. I'm not sorry, a 50% credit on this. You just had another so big loss. As soon as this economy goes south, you're going to lose that 50%. And guess what? If you're paying 50,000 now, you're going to be paying 75,000 with everything just being par. But guess what happens when they start losing money? They start surcharging. So now you got a four to 50% credit and now they're going to surcharge you 20% because the economy went bad. That's a 70% swing. That's real life stuff. We can prevent that. You know, that's why I get passionate about this. I, I, I really truly well, so, do. I, I do too. And to your point, this is why I want to see deck pages. Um, th this industry businesses. I mean, so if you're a contractor and you're bidding on a job, you don't get to see anybody else's stuff. Right. So that perception has prevailed in our industry of you need to quote blind. 
There are so many endorsements on a policy that if I don't have that information, I don't even know if, if I should add it or shouldn't add it. Preach, Todd. And if all we're looking at is a summary of insurance, that doesn't tell anything. And the underwriters will ask us questions about certain things oh. and we're like, I don't know. And then they're like, wait, they didn't even show you their insurance? How serious are these people? It makes us look bad. You, Todd, come on, dude. That's something I've never talked about on my podcast about how- Dude, I've got my phone right here on my Dropbox, all work comp rates in multiple states that publish their rates going, well, I guess I've got texts too. Multiple states are going back years. I can look at your deck page right now. I can pull up my work comp rates and I can find out if you're being surcharged or debited in that first 15 minute conversation. Yep. That's, that's what I want to know. I, how's your program going right now? Maybe your program is good and you don't need my right. services. And that is hundred percent. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a professional. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't want to work with people that don't want to work with Correct. me. I don't want to work with people who are problematic. I want to work with people that see the value in what I do and that value my time. Mm -hmm. And so when I ask you for these things, I'm, I'm vetting you just as much as you're vetting me to make sure that we're going to get along in the long term. Yep. And I can tell you by looking at your program in just a couple minutes, if you're overpaying or not overpaying. I, hey, Todd, I got this, That's why I got this lady right now. Um, she's an HR. She, it's a large children's home. It is around four or four I've been prospecting it. Right. And, uh, so her name, she's really, really great. And I can't get past her. Okay. And this is, this is, this, and this is different for me because it's COVID. So I can't go do what I normally do, which is walk in and be Mr. Yep. Smooth. So if I'm talking to this girl and last year I talked to her, they got a seven, one X date. I talk, I talk with her. She's really intelligent, great person. I think she's doing her best for her company. She won't let me quote. And so she won't, she won't even let me talk. She won't let me get to Chad, who's the executive director, who I have another nonprofit who's told me who the executive director is. So I go to the backside. I go to Aaron. I tell her to go talk to this guy. She then talks to this guy. This guy tells her, he says, I've never heard of him. I come back to my other. I said, well, because the lady won't let me through. I said, give me Chad's number. Give me the executive director's number. In the meantime, that never happened. COVID happened. All this stuff happened. I call her back last week or two weeks ago, one of two. And I call her back. And this is what I said to her. I said, Michelle, I'm looking at your insurance. You had a 0.137 mod or 1.37 mod. You wouldn't give me the time of day. You wouldn't even speak to me last year. I mean, about anything about your insurance. Now you're at a 1.55 mod. I know what your increase was last year. And I can figure what your increase is this year. This is what I, and I want them to know that I want your listeners to know I'm not being rude. Sometimes we have to be real with people to get them to understand. And so I said to her, I said, Michelle, one of two things is going to happen. I said, Chad eventually is going to find out about the program I have for him. And when he does, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to be so excited that you heard me out and brought me to him that you're going to look good. Or I'm somehow going to get to Chad one day. And when he says, holy cow, where have you been? I'm going to say, yeah, I was talking to Michelle for like three years and I can't get you even to listen to me. So you get to be, you get to decide, you know, am I going to be the hero and, 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 and help this organization or I'm not, I promise you, I'm not wasting my time. And I mean, and, and it's, um, she said she was going to talk to Chad. I called her straight out about it and she said, okay, I'm willing to talk. Now, where did she take me to? She says to me, we'll be taking bids around May, 7-1 effective date, right? Because right. her agents trained That's her that. So all you business owners, here we go. What the agents have trained her. Now, Todd and I are in there going, no, no, it's not what you want. You're going to get right back in the same situation. But you know what? If they can find an extra agent, they might be able to save 5 or 10%, but they're not fixing the cause, which is the fact that they have a mod problem and how we can fix that. Jason, how do we fix the mod problem? What's one way? Jason, how do we fix the mod problem? Give, give me, me one way. I'm glad you asked that, Jim, because I get that a lot. Sheila asked me that question, and I'm glad she did as well. We can learn a lot. We have a couple different things, and I won't go into the return to work program and stuff like that, because that's something a lot of people hear a lot. But think about this as a business owner. This is something you can institute today. You, there's a difference between incidences and accidents. Incidences tell us about accidents, but accidents don't tell us much. Incidences can tell us about accidents, but accidents don't tell us much. I say that for two reasons for a reason. 
How many times, I, I guarantee you, if you have the proper authorization when uh, somebody gets hurt and you have a witness who fills out and says, hey, I saw that employee, this is part of the claim kit program that I'm not talking about. But here's what we find in that. A lot of times the employees will say something to this effect. Oh, she tripped on that rug. I knew that was going to happen. I almost tripped on it last week. And matter of fact, Jim saw me and he said he almost tripped on it. That's not a good safety culture. If we can report incidences, they tell us how to prevent accidences. It's accidents, but sounds, sounds the same, <laughs> right? So, 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 the, so that, think about that. Now, what do you do? Start giving away a, a, um, a, a ticket, a, a, a little raffle ticket. Anytime someone reports an incident, like, hey, uh, this rug right over here, I about tripped on it twice. We need to get maintenance to look at that. Boop, get a ticket. And then at the end of the month, end of the year, big prize. What that starts to do is it starts to build a safety awareness, which builds a safety culture that starts making people realize. And yes, you may have to incentivize them and don't act like that's a bad thing. A lot of you guys pay your kids to get straight A's in high school. I know, I know, I get it. So the, the thing is, is that you have to do that same thing. Incidences inverse accidents. I have 10 of those things that are that simple, okay, to institute and actually get. And then once we do, as I said before, you get your company in there to do what they do. I mean, they're, they're, this, this, this one lady I was on yesterday with a, with a call with a client. I mean, if you look at their firm out of Madison, Wisconsin, I, I bet you for me to get those services, it'd be $15,000, $20,000 for my client to get those services. They're just getting them for free because the insurance company's already hooked up with them and is like, hey, go talk to that client right there. I've got, um, this is a little off topic, okay. but we're, we'll be releasing a podcast here next month. I'm, I'm a proponent of putting in third-party vendors because I think it, as, especially in nonprofits, people change, positions change, people come and go. What you put in last year may not, if that person mm -hmm. left, they may not have it this year, mm -hmm. right? So if you can put in some third parties to hold some accountability in there, that is really going to change the, you know, change the mod, lower the mod and be better for your injured workers. Mm -hmm. There's actually a firm out there that I found that I love. It's a tech startup called Zengeries. A guy by the name of Jesse Dantis owns it. Okay. And they are, it's a third party claim management system. So when that claim happens or that incident happens, notes, first report of injury, everything goes in in chronological order. They monitor the claim. They know what reserves are. They've got all of this data to help close claims faster for a lower cost. And I mean, it's not expensive. Do they charge um, the agency offer. one fee and then per um, client or how do they do that? I mean, do you know, Todd? Yeah, they've got multiple okay. packages depending upon the What'd you say the, the name size. was? Zenjuries, Z-E-N-J-U-R-I-E-S. I want to say in April, we'll have a full-blown demo um, on YouTube from him. But uh, the guy is a, I, I'm going to call him a work comp nerd because that's what he said. And we just wrapped for an hour and talked work comp. We've, we've had a couple conversations, but here's the thing. The guy has data, right? So you're talking about creating a safety culture, which if, if you're a business that's had those claims and has a 1.5 mod, something needs to change. You need to start reporting instances. You need to communicate. You need to over communicate. And then chances are you've still got claims that are going to be, that are, that are going to occur. How do you contain those and manage those? one nurse triage, two claim management. All right. So now for, for a few hundred or a thousand dollars a year, you can put in a third party claim management system with a professional that is going to be an advocate for you paid for by your company. That'll help barter or negotiate with the insurance carrier that has data that says, so when we talk about the overreporting of claims, the insurance company throws up a reserve of 50,000 and you've got Zenjuries here that says, hey, we're looking at this claim. We're seeing the doctor's notes. There's nothing that we see that shows that this is a $50,000 claim. It's a $20,000 claim and we've got the data to back it up. And now that $20,000 claim gets reported on your experience mod as opposed to 50, your business just saved. <laughs> Lots of money. I don't, I don't know what that increase in premium Lots is, but like th these are the, these are the, tips and techniques that the professionals are doing. It's not about getting a bid and who can give you the cheapest bid at renewal time. It's about who's going to manage that for you day in and day out year over year. It's true. And think about it as a five or 10 year strategy. I don't switch employees every year. I, I, I hire them and I expect them to do their job and I give them the freedom to do a great job. 
I want the same program and I want something that works and drives down cost year over year over year. Mm -hmm. That's what I want, man. What a, yeah. What a, what a, I get all excited. and I, I do, talk fast. No, 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 <laughs> I do. I do too. And, and, and I hope the business owners got a lot out of this, bro, because I mean, we really kind of pulled the curtain back itself. And, um, here's the deal. 80% of the agents out there don't have a clue, nor do they care. There's about 10 to 15% of them that know this stuff, but don't want to change. It's about five to 10% is what is a business owner. I'm sorry. I, I have a lot of friends in this business. I'm going to tell you, I can think of a hundred right now and maybe four or five, six of them are me and Todd. Like take it that seriously, like bend over backwards, get excited, helping you understand this. I mean, I got a lot of awesome agents who are way better than, than me. They still sell it based on the price. And that's the way that it is. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that they have a longevity issue. If you don't have your client's best interest in, in, in mind, there's going to, there's going to be issues. There's going to be issues. And, um, yeah, so I really appreciate you having me on, dude. This was, this was great, dude. I, as I think, as they heard me say at the beginning, I could talk about work comp all day. So tell everybody um, for the businesses that are listening, your main focus is nonprofits. Yeah, nonprofits. I even, you can go to mplocalpodcast.com, mplocalpodcast.com. I don't talk smack and just do it for other people. I do it for myself because I have my own podcast uh, series. Uh, my my name of my uh, business is non, or is a, uh, <laughs> the nonprofit podcast? No, no, no it's uh no, it's mplocalpodcast.com, but um where my podcast is host. Oh my gosh, this is so terrible of me. Oh, if it's like if it's like this one, it's everywhere. Spotify, Apple, no, iTunes, no, Stitcher. No, 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 no. It's it's um it, uh, noninsured.com or oh my gosh, Jason, I apologize to you two listeners right now. I am drawing it's one of those things I am drawing a blank on it. But anyways, mplocalpodcast.com. Um so I do run a three location agency in Southern Illinois. Um, as he said, I'm best-selling author and all that j jazz and stuff. And the only reason is, is uh, has nothing to do with work comp in that scenario. I do have, a, I am a champion for the independent insurance agency system. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in choice. You should believe in choice. Um, you should believe, I probably believe in a trusted advisor. I'm not saying that State Farm and other people aren't, but when we're talking about work comp and we're talking about these things, this is way over what they're trying to do. So 80 some percent, could be 80, could be 88 percent of all small businesses written through an independent insurance agent. So that's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's why I think we're giving you a good call on some of this stuff. Sometimes I say business owners that independent insurance agents don't act professional. So that makes it difficult for you. And when I say, what does that mean? Let me give you an example there. A lot of times you will call into an, into an independent agent and say, hey, I need to get some insurance. And they're going to say, hey, we can help you with all your insurance needs. Once again, that's an old school thought. I wouldn't be, if you have a lot of assets, if you have a big business that you care about, I'd be concerned about people sometimes that say that because maybe that works for your auto and home and all your personal stuff with them. But we're talking about your business, right? We're talking about the thing that feeds 50 families. You know, if you have 50, if you have 50 employees, you got a hundred car payments you're responsible for and probably about 30 home payments you're responsible for. This is serious business. Independent insurance agents that I know that are professional will let you know that if you have a work comp problem, there's somebody else to call. Kind of like a cardiologist is going to tell you if you have a foot problem, you need to go to the podiatrist. Those are professionals. If you call a lawyer who specializes in divorce and you need help because of taxes, they're going to refer you somewhere else. So I want you to be ask those questions. You know, do you specialize in my type of industry? It's okay to ask them certain questions mm -hmm. about how would you, I have a work comp issue. Um, what are some things that you would specifically do to help me do that? Because you know what most of them say? Well, uh, just need to be more safe. You know, I, you just got to get more safe, Jim. Got to get more safe. No, there's, you call me or Todd, we're going to be able to answer that really fast. Do you see how we would answer that? So sometimes you may have to call around to a lot of people or call Todd and ask him because remember, Todd's a professional. Todd can't help you. He's going to tell you. And when I say that as a business owner, I want to end with this, Todd. Not only is Todd not able to help you because he's not the professional, he doesn't want to because he's got a bunch of prospects and clients that he does serve that he needs to be a professional to. That's what I try to tell my clients. That's how I feed my family. 
if I could help you, I would, but I'm not the best for you. I promise you, you know, and uh, that's just the way that, that we find it out there. So I, I, I uh, it's tough for business owners, but you can find them. Every town has a lot of independent insurance agents that specialize in your type of business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I think we're about at an hour. Jason, I got three questions I ask at the end of every podcast. What are you reading right now? Right now I am, um, I'm done with a book. I was listening this morning to the visual sale that uh, Josh Lipstone did on explain this book to me. And so I'm getting ready to get that one. I was very impressed with that first podcast. He gives five or six videos that every business should create and he tells how to do it. And that got me. So I'm getting ready to read that. The last one that I just read was something I've read before, which was a alone at sea. Actually, it's a drift at sea. I wanted to get away from the business books and stuff now that I'm getting back into the visual. Sale. Is that this? Huh? Is that the story of the guy in the eighties? Uh, I think, I think, I think it's in the eighties. The dude stayed out, uh, out in sea for yeah. like 70, well, 76 days. It's part of this. I, I love that book. Dude, come on, come on. Everybody should read it because number one, it's not very long, but if you think you've ever met adversity, you be in the middle of the ocean on a dinghy. When the sun's hitting you so bad after 10 days, you got whelps and boils. And the only way that you can protect yourself is actually to get in the water and and hang underneath the dinghy so you can protect yourself from the sun with boils on your skin. And this is what he had to do. 76 days. There it is. He's showing it right there. It's a great book. And then you find out at the end that the record's like 123 days. Yeah. Folks. That's over three months. Okay. Today is March 10th. That would be like Christmas time. You were out of your boat, your boat, and you're still out there. Wow. Do you know, they, they turned this into a movie. I want to say it's on Netflix or something. I watched it the other night. Did they really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interpretation or whatever. It's not the, you know, it's not the real thing. I mean, he's like three days into that, that trip and badow, you know, he said he's sleeping and all of a sudden he wakes up and his boat breaks in half. Yep. Oh, yep. shit. So anyways, that's a great, it's a great book. So I just got done reading that. And then last, I know you got to ask three questions, but I always like to say this 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I read it every January 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John C. Maxwell. I say this all the time. If you know the laws of leadership, you can predict the future of your agency. Like you can predict the future, not like say, Oh, I'm going to make this much money. Like you can predict what things are going to happen. 24, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Okay. All right. Question number mm-hmm. two, what are you spending more money on right now than you should? Well, immediately, if they can see this, it's this studio. <laughs> this studio <laughs> this studio cost me a lot of money, but then I also have a 15-year-old that is actually making really good grades. And I told him if he did, I can get him, I'm going to get him these black rims. So those two things right now are costing me a lot of money. So I like the look of black rims on a black vehicle all day long. I just don't, Todd. Maybe it's because I'm really? old or something. I like chrome. These kids today and Todd like this black. So I gave in finally. I said, okay, I'll get you the black ones, but you got to get straight A's. I think he's going to get all A's and a B. And so it's one of those things as a parent, you're like, oh, I don't want to give in, but damn, he's worked so hard, you know? So anyways. Not easy being a parent. Last thing, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today, Jason? That uh, as a business owner, the the data will help you. As an agency, if because I know you have a bunch of agents that listen to this, data will help you. As you can hear, data is going to make you a smarter agent, but it's also going to be able to help you. Agents, the number one thing they say is that they'll say, well, I got into this business because I like to help people. Um, I think that that's the, the beginning, but after a while, residual income helps us from not being sometimes the best business person. And as a business owner hearing that, you need to realize who you're dealing with. It's the 80-20 rule. I wish I could say it the other way, but it is. And I think it's important that you're invested. And I will also say this, um, people can dislike me for all they want. I know for a fact that I go up against veteran agents every day and I kill them because of knowledge. I mean, I'm going to tell you when I'm 65 or 70, I'll probably be like them. But in the meantime, think of that when you're trying to find somebody. Are you finding somebody that's aggressive? Are you finding somebody that knows your business? Are you finding somebody that has an interest in learning more about you and working with you? What kind of software do they have? What knowledge do they have? These are questions that you should ask 
rather than just saying, hey, I want you to quote my business. Here's my summary. Give me a quote. That's not doing anything anymore. It's actually hurting you. And I think you learned that tier. So thank you very much, Todd, for what you're doing. Can't wait to see your product that's coming out because I think that's going to be a help. I love Zywave, but I told you as soon as I'm out of my contract, I would like something else. So I'm looking forward to your product. Seriously. Perfect. Perfect. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. Jason, thank you again for the knowledge that you provided. Hope you found something that you can take away and help you in your bidding process if you're a business owner in the future. Have a great day, everybody. See you.